Hello, gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. All right, I hope everybody is feeling good. We are taxiing down the runway. We've made a fuel stop. We had some great food. We had a great week. Hopefully everyone is out there looking at their garden, see what's going on. And it's time to get into organic gardening, part five. And in this episode, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things ever of all time. It was a game changer for me, was when I got turned on to compost tea. And it's, 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 it's been absolutely uh, one of those things that I use all the time. If we get hired to do a consult, uh, the first thing I'm looking at is where are we put in the tea station. And people are looking at me like, huh? If they don't know what compost tea is, a lot of the people that, you know, know Malibu compost and know what we do, um, they know compost tea. They know they know how to use it. They know what's going on. But for a lot of you guys that don't know and for, you know, people that are newbies in the world of, you know, compost teas, it is something that works incredibly well with compost that symbiotic relationship between the two is one of those things that you absolutely want to make sure that you're using in the garden. So last week we talked about the bugs, the good guys, how they can come in and help you just, you know, wipe out, you know, several, several of your pest issues. And today we're going to talk about something that really, uh, if you look at it, from our perspective as farmers, if you ask me, hey, do you guys fertilize? I'd have to say to you, no. Hey there, gardeners and future compost tea enthusiasts. I have something great to talk to you about today. It's the Malibu compost teas. Something very exciting about the teas is they have a new look package that's coming out at the end of the year and into the new year in 2020. The compost teas are still the same great four tea bags in a coffee sleeve, but we've given them a new fresh look with a better description about what plants you're using them for. We've got a compost tea for plants, trees, and shrubs, one for flowering plants and roses. Our other tea is for fruits, vegetables, and tomatoes. We've got the one big bag that's a one-pound bag, the only one that's different in the green label. It's for lawn, seed, and sod. And then we've got, in the old periwinkle blue, we've got the compost tea for house plants. So you can get these at any of the stores you shop at, or you can go online at malibucompost.com forward slash shop, and you can have them delivered right to your door.
I was just thinking about this, about how long it's been since I've actually been making compost tea. And I was turned on to compost tea in the very early 2000s. So I've been making compost tea almost 20 years. And I can tell you as a guy who came out of landscaping, who was, as I've said before, a professional killer, I could kill all kinds of microbial colonies. I could wipe out um, any good biology in any soil because I know how to put down fertilizers and pesticides and herbicides because in our landscapes, it was all about how beautiful does it look? How perfect does it look? Can you eat off of your concrete slab or your stone that you just put down? Everything was very, very clinical and was very, very synthetic in the form of how we were creating, what we were doing, how we were even designing. We were taking plants and rocks and all kinds of stuff, right? That's all coming from nature, but you're putting it all into a very, very synthesized, very, very textbook type of environment instead of having it be in a natural state. When I got turned on to compost tea, it literally just blew me away at all of a sudden I was going to have something that was going to help me feed the soil and feed the plants at the same time as well as do a bunch of other stuff that we'll talk about that interested me a lot because I was historically used to buying you know your 15 15 15 fertilizers and just fertilizing the crap out of everything because that's what you do and when we got really groovy back then we found vitamin B and man don't you know we were it because we were vitamin Bing our trees and stuff when they looked bad but the truth is we weren't really doing much but here's the trick so it's compost tea. I remember this, this reminds me of something really funny. I remember on one of my first trips out to Colorado, I'm going around to all these stores and talking to people. And I go, hey, you guys into compost tea? And they're all like, yeah, man, we're into compost tea. And this is not a knock on Colorado. So I don't want to hear that I, I'm a hater on Colorado. The guys are all like, love compost tea. And I go, awesome. What's your recipe? What are you guys using for compost tea? And they're all like, well, we use worm castings and then we use kelp and we use a little bit of azomite and we use a little bit of unfiltered molasses. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, but that's not compost tea. And they're like, what do you mean, man? I go, give me your recipe again. Worm castings, a little bit of kelp, a little bit of azomite and a little bit of unfiltered molasses. And they look at me like incredulous, like what's what's this? Where, who's this guy? Where's he coming from? And I said, hey guys, the only thing missing in your compost tea is the compost. <laughs> and the and I said, so vermicompost is awesome, or castings are awesome, but it doesn't have the complexity a lot of times that a good finished compost will have. And depending on what you want to do. I love using castings in a compost tea. I do it all the time. But there are different things that you're going to get from a, a, a vermicompost or from a casting that you're not going to get from a good finished compost. And that leads me to what I was just about to say. So I get all hyped up in my landscape company and I'm going to start making compost tea. And this is going to be the greatest thing ever and I have, you know, uh, a couple of my friends that, that from Northern California who introduced me to compost tea. And I was really excited to get the whole process going because it's all of a sudden it's like, don't you know, man, I know the elixir of life now and I'm going to go out there and crush it. 
Only problem was, it's the early 2000s, and I can't find any good compost. So I'm looking around, and I'm going out to the old soil yard where I buy this stuff that I thought was okay compost, you know, for all these years. But then I started talking to people and started realizing, hey, that stuff's probably kind of inert, and you're probably not getting what you really want out of it. And I'm going, okay. And they're like, does it look like wood? What's it smell like? Does it look like, you know, uh, a good uh, soil that you can pick up out of the forest that's below that first layer? And I'm looking at the compost at the old soil yard going, wow, this actually looks pretty crappy. So I start thinking to myself like, all right, what am I going to do? Where am I going to find some good compost? That's what led me on my little journey up to see Alan York. And then that started this whole other little thing called Malibu Compost. But I started to meet some people that actually turned me on to good finished compost that had a lot of biological activity in it. And that changed everything. Norma, a biological farmer and the producer of the Healthy Garden podcast. Many years ago, I called up Randy and spoke to him for the very first time. I was in a bind because I was using Alaskan humus for the compost in all of my aerated teas, like a lot of people were doing back then. But I had run out, so I needed to get a good source of compost for the food garden spray the following day. So my question to him was, if the compost in his compost teas was good enough to use in my aerated brewer. So of course he said yes, but he also said that it was great to use as an extract without aerating. So I took his advice with hesitation and the next morning I sprayed and drenched the food garden beds. Well, not only did they grow the veggie starts threefold, they also kept away powdery mildew and the look of the veggies on those few weeks afterwards was vital. I've been using them ever since. covered the base thing that you need a good compost to make a good compost tea. So once I found a good 100% finished compost, uh, and my favorite compost, of course, is our, a good biodynamic compost with the preparations in it that have uh, is organic dairy cow manure based. It's really broken down. It has a good wood chip in there that um, ha- really great for um, some of the fungal properties in soil. But I love it when you can put your hand in a compost. And when I mean it's finished, I mean you smell it and it has an earthy smell, a little bit of moisture in there that's nice. It's not too dry. It's not too wet. And the other thing I like about it is it has that look of of like um, uh, of a good chocolate cake, you know, kind of breaking down on the plate there. It's got that nice feel to it. It's not black. So you get a good compost. 
different types of compost teas. And, and this is not a, you know, massive compost tea lecture. So this is a, this is a kind of a primer on compost tea and about the different types of teas. So a lot of times you guys will go online and you'll read about actively aerated compost teas. And that's a very common thing where you actually take a pump and you make uh, a compost tea solution. And what you do is you'll take compost, you'll take some kelp, you'll take some castings, uh, uh, and you'll take um, a little bit of, of a starch form uh, to feed the biology, and then you'll aerate. And you go generally for 24 hours uh, in normal weather up to 32 or 36 when it's really cold. That's a method that for a lot of people seems very daunting. And it's like, I, you know, I don't know if I can do that. I mean, that's like, wow, I can't do that in my garden. Well, you don't have to. You can take compost. And what we've done is we, we make compost tea bags and we put uh, compost tea a, a, a mixture into that's dry into a an organic cotton satchel and then we tie it off and you throw a little quarter pound satchel into five gallons of water up to five gallons of water and you let it extract so it's extracting the same way a tea is when we take the tea bag and we put it in our coffee uh, mug or we put it in our you know teacup and we go ahead and we fill that up with water and we let it extract over time and what happens is the longer we let it extract the more uh, strength that we'll have in the overall tea brew that we're going to drink at home. Now, on compost teas, do not drink unless you become a plant, okay? So when you're talking about, you know, teas to people, this is compost tea. So the nice thing about this is you only have to extract overnight. You go 8 to 10 hours and then you're ready and you have this beautiful Bach ale colored brew that you now can go ahead and use as a drench or as a foliar. Now, there's all kinds of different types of teas that you can make, whether you want a more fungally dominant tea or you want a more bacterially dominant tea. Generally, what we're doing is we're making a tea that's relatively balanced because we use, uh, I, I generally use in most of my teas, um, the, the booze blend compost as my starter point. I'm using a little bit more bacterially dominant compost to start off with. But then if I look at what am I mostly growing around me, what I'm mostly growing around me is I, we grow a lot of food. Food's really important for us. And most of those plants thrive in a bacterially dominant soil. They're very quick crops. They're very fast acting. And what's happened is, oh, you know, that's what we're trying to do is get them uh, the nutrient that they need at root level. The beauty with a compost tea, and this is something else that people ask me all the time, that, well, if I'm making compost tea, does that mean I don't have to use compost anymore? And what I tell them is absolutely that doesn't, that no, that's not what it means. When you put compost down in the fall and in the spring, or when you're, when you're bringing your fallow beds back, or when you need to do a little bit of your top dressing, what you're doing is you have to look at that as, again, as I've always said, you're mimicking nature. You have that drop. It's a much slower release 
into the soil. It breaks down slowly over time. The microbes start to break up that organic matter and release the nutrient. What happens when you use a compost tea, you have all of that stuff already in your compost tea, in your solution. What you're doing is you're drenching. You can do it two ways. You can drench your foliar, but when you're drenching, what you're doing is you're allowing all of that nutrient to get down into the rhizosphere of the plant for uptake into the plants, which is very fast acting. So you're feeding your soil and you're feeding your plant at the same time. The other beautiful thing that we love about compost teas is they are great. They work incredibly well as a transplant shock mitigant. Had a, I had a, a project where we literally brought back um, at a private hotel up in Lake Tahoe, we brought back about um, 40, I think 40 cedars that had all been um, cut uh, and, and B&B'd, burlapped, uh, with way too small of a root ball, they were all dying back. And I can tell you something that blew everybody's minds on that project. We did tea drenching on that around um, the drip line of the tree. And what we did is we, we, did a, uh, we, we did a tea drench that was three feet down below the surface and all over the surface. And what happened within about seven to 10 days, you could see exactly where the diebacks start uh, stopped and where your um, growth, uh, root growth started to happen. The other thing that compost tea does for you, which is fantastic, it is a great stimulant for root growth. It works incredibly well. The last thing, I'm sure none of you have ever had an outbreak of powdery mildew or any other kind of fungal outbreak, but I can tell you this. Compost tea is one of the most effective things that I've seen on fungal diseases. And, it's, and, and it even has had, you know, it's shown um, that it's worked even on things like Botrytis. Uh, it can work on Phytophthora. It can work on fus um, uh, Fusarium wilt. There's a lot of things that getting compost tea into your arsenal can help you with. We use it all the time. There's never a project that we don't use it on. And we have incredible result. And what we're seeing is because we do a lot of biological analysis, we're always seeing growth of different types of microbial colonies and populations, which is exactly what you want to have happen. It's the, it's the greatest thing that you can see. Get your guys onto the compost tea. We're going to talk about protocols next week. Join us next week for another exciting and interesting look at gardening, growing, farming, health, and how we all might make this place that we call home a better place. Until then, thank you, and happy and healthy gardening.